Welcome to Storytime with Geoshri. Let's continue Wish Tree by Catherine Applegate. Chapter 49 Dave had a megaphone, and through it, he reminded the crowd to stay behind the barriers that had been erected. This is a big tree, folks, he said, and when it goes, we don't want anyone else going with it. Bunko, I said in a voice that only she could hear. You need to get to a safe place. You heard him. I'm a big tree. You don't want to be in the way when I fall. I'm not going anywhere, she replied in a stubborn whisper. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. But I'm staying with you, Red, and that's final. Dave turned to his workers. Okay, let's get this show on the road. Please, Pongo, I said, softly but urgently. The saw moved closer. I waited, expecting to hear the painful roar of the chainsaw engine. Instead, a small but intense sound filled the air, something like a puppy growl mixed with a kitten hiss. It was a baby opossum, darting through the huge crowd across the muddy lawn, past Dave and his crew, around the massive saw beneath the stump grinder, and finally, triumphantly, up my trunk, was none other than Flashlight. He climbed straight to his former hollow and settled there, his tiny head poking out. He was panting and trembling and hiccuping, but he did not seem to be in any danger whatsoever of fainting. I missed you, Red, he said, in a voice so small that only Bongo and I could hear it. Hold off the saw! Dave yelled. Some dang animal just ran up the trunk. Bongo popped out of her hollow. Flash! she hissed. Can't be here, it's dangerous. They're about to, you know. You're here, Flash pointed out. Across the grass, straight carry spiders, with their other babies trailing. She went straight to the opossum hollow, as she proceeded to scold Flash as she snuggled him close. In the sky, little Harold suddenly appeared, frantically flapping his wings like a fuzzy butterfly. Agnes and the rest of her brood followed. They settled into their old home as if they'd never left. Bongo moved a home plate to make room for the owls. The youths came next, trotting across the lawn. Last to join the group was the skunks family, who quickly scrambled up my trunk. Seven opossums, four raccoons, five owls, and six skunks had waddled, scooted, dashed, and fluttered from their various homes just to see me off. My residence, my friends. The crowd was delighted. People applauded. They cheered. They laughed. Francesca, straining to get a look, accidentally let go of the kitten's leashes, allowing Lewis and Clark to escape. They ran straight to me clambering up my trunk to join the gang. It wasn't all perfection. The babies and parents were grumbling 
but softly enough that none of the humans could hear. Ouch! muttered hot buttered popcorn. Your tail is in my mouth, cried one of the ewes. You smell like skunk! Someone complained. I am a skunk, came the reply. Mom? asked Harold. Should I be afraid of a cat? As a rule, yes, said Agnes, but this is a special circumstance. It took some effort, but eventually the entire group settled in together above the highest wishes. They gazed down calmly at the fascinated crowd below. One of the tree cutters took off his helmet and scratched his head. This just don't happen, he said to Dave. Those animals ought to be eating each other. It just kind of crazy, Criddle Miracle, said another worker. He pulled out his smartphone. This is going on Facebook. Lots of other people seem to have the same idea. Cameras clicked away, ignoring the barricades. The reporters dashed over, microphones extended, as if they were hoping to interview the animals. Bongo, always a bit of a ham, was happy to comply. Chip, please, she said to the microphone, waving beneath her. Dave gestured helplessly at Francesca. What is up with the managerial lady? How are we supposed to cut this tree down? Francesca, wiping away tears, stood. She put her arms around Stefan and Summer. Slowly, they made their way across the muddy grass. When they reached me, sh sorry, when she reached me, she pulled a bookmark from Maeve's journal before handing the books to Stefan. It was a strip of cloth made of blue striped fabric, frayed and faded. Maeve's wish. Carefully, Francesca tied it to my lowest branch, already crowded with wishes. She stared long and hard at the animals. Lewis and Clark purred happily. The crowd quieted. The only sound was a rustling of my leaves. Finally, Francesca spoke. Look, I don't do speeches. That's not my way. She patted my trunk. But here's the thing. Until today, I'd almost forgotten how important this old tree is to my family story. And from the look of it, she pointed to my residence. It's important to a few other families as well. Many people smiled. A few laughed. I hate this word, Francesca continued, running her hand over my carved bark. Hate it. My great-great-grandmother, Maeve, would have hated it just as much. Here in this neighborhood, we're better than this. She looked over at Summer's parents. We don't threaten people here. We welcome them. Francesca reached for Summer's hand. This tree is staying put. And I hope your family will too. Thank you for listening. Bye until next episode.